WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching the <laughs> <a> documentary. <laughs> Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage. On WGR. You good? Not little Jess. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Nate Geary has the day off. You're with Zach Jones and behind the board, Josh Schmidt. We were talking a little bit last segment. You know, we, we, we jumped around week one, what we're expecting from the Bills, a little bit of tempering expectations and stuff like that. And then we jumped into a little bit of the games we're looking forward to week one because the Bills kicked their season off on Thursday night against the Rams in SoFi Stadium in L.A. So, you know, Bills fans are going to have that Sunday, that Monday, completely wide open to watch any game they want to watch. I will tell you, UB has kicked off with Maryland, and they are playing Tua Tungavailoa's brother. Josh, is it Tua Tungavailoa? I believe so. I'm trying to get the pronunciation right now. Yeah. It's obviously Tonga Bailoa, but the, yep. the 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 first name I think it's Tolua. Tolua, uh, I will tell you, he has set a ton of Maryland records as as a quarterback. So good for him. Um, you know, I I don't hate Tua as much as like I don't think he's a good starting NFL quarterback. I don't hate Tua. He was never like a bad personality to have around college football. I loved watching him like coming in as I mean I it, it, it was. Hard to see, you know, Jalen Hurts get pushed out like he did, but it was so fun to see Tua come in and just win that. Oh, the national championship game! Yeah, the just came in and just made a, a gorgeous deep throw. I remember, like, I was kind of like throughout high school, I was like in and out of football, and like yeah. I just remember like that night, I was like, oh, like this is on ESPN. I might as well just watch it. And mm-hmm. I'm laying in my bed, and I'm like, whoa, like this is <laughs> whoa, this is insane. Like, yeah. This is so oh, cool. It was such a good game. Uh, Maryland has scored. It is now six nothing. On their first drive, UB went three and out. Uh, this is somewhat expected, Maryland being a Big Ten team, and not a bad Big Ten team by any stretch of the imagination. And UB is building something with uh, second-year head coach Maurice Lundquist. However, he had a great recruiting class, so it is going to be exciting to see UB in the years down the road. But at least this year, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But going back to the NFL Week 1 schedule, Josh, me and you both have a few more games we want to talk about. And I think one, very specifically, that we didn't talk about last segment that I really do want to touch on, the Patriots at the Dolphins. I mean, how how do you not want to watch that game? That is going to be interesting. Because you're going to see if all this hype around Mac Jones and Tua getting better, if it's true or not. If if it's legit at all. And and, and you're going to see very quickly, too. Oh, like, yeah. It is going to be very apparent well, very quickly. The entire offseason, all we've heard from the Patriots is they look awful. Their offense can't run the ball. They're not getting any blocking. Their receivers aren't getting open. Mac Jones looks frustrated. You know, Matt Patricia, a defensive coordinator, is calling plays along with Bill Belichick, another defensive guy. It's all looked negative. Everything's been negative, including from the local media and the national media, which is something that you'll sometimes have a bit of a difference of opinion on. It has been completely negative it has not been good I just had an interesting thought and I don't think I I, there's probably like a reason why this didn't happen but why didn't the Patriots go for a guy like Brian Dable when he was available I mean it would have been I I don't know if at the time they were looking for an OC necessarily but that's oh when he was leaving yeah when he left Alabama 
Well, uh, well that or just when he was leaving the Bills. Like I, I that would have been in for me a very good offensive mind to add to a very defensive team. For me, Dable wasn't even the one to look at because I, I, Dable number one should have been a head coach last year, and somehow somehow right. you know skated through him. Still the Bills OC. Mm-hmm. So this year, I mean, he was definitively he's going to be a head coach. He's that, gone. Yeah, I didn't think about it. that For way. me, it's much more Bill O'Brien, maybe the most successful you know Belichick disciple to be a head coach. Really, until he got the GM reins as well in Houston should have absolutely been someone that they were on the phone with, but instead it just it felt like they were just going to sit here and go, nah, it's fine, we're just going to kind of go in with guys that Bill Belichick is comfortable with. That's been a big problem. He has I openly think, said he only wants to coach and work with guys he likes and is comfortable with. And I think the the Patriots are just kind of making him comfortable until he retires. I, it, it's it's weird to say, but I think they're just going to kind of bite the bullet until, until he's done. He's, he's done. done. And then that's when you can fully start your restart your rebuild. But yeah. that's that sucks for guys like Mac Jones and mm-hmm. and and all the other rookies. And I mean, Mac Jones. I don't. We we haven't. I don't think we've seen Mac Jones's true potential yet because of what system he's in. I mean, okay, yeah. I hate to say it because it's the Patriots mm-hmm. and I want them to be bad, but I really think he might be something if he got the right coaching. Okay, so you're more on the lines of like, look, if you put Mac Jones with like an offensive guy, right. younger dude, I, I, there actually but, might be something more there. Okay. But you, I mean, you don't know. That's the thing. Like, yeah. it, it's because he's with such a defensive team, you don't know what he's fully capable of. I mean, he could very well be who he is. Yeah. I mean, he might not be that, but you don't know. And mm-hmm. that's something I think the Patriots are missing out on completely by just doing what they're doing. But hey, never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. Oh, Let them yeah. keep doing what they're doing until the end of time. Let like, them keep doing it. Napoleon was 100% right when he when he said that. It, 1,000% correct. I think it's they're, they're in a similar situation looking at another AFC East team, the team they're actually going to play week one, the Dolphins with Don Shula. Shula had somewhat had the game passing by. Every old coach does. It's not a bad thing. When you coach or when you do anything that long, usually younger People will just come by. They've learned new things. They've done different things before even becoming professional, or whatever. And they just they pass you by. It happens. It's it's the nature of time. It's what sucks about getting older. It's one of the aspects. Shula was somewhat the same thing, and the Dolphins had to kind of just let him get into retirement before they could really start anything. The problem is, if that happens, you lose out on valuable years. The Dolphins have never been a competitive football team again since Shula's left. Even when they got Jimmy Johnson for a few years, it just wasn't the same. You know, Dan Marino was older and he had a number of injuries already, and it just it was not the same. And and now with Mac Jones, I think we have gotten very close to seeing his potential. I think there's just not enough upside there. But even then, Mac Jones just being drafted by the Patriots at all kind of shows how much the game is passing them by. Bill Belichick is one of the worst drafters in football. Cole and now, Strange. Cole Strange. But now we're also seeing that, you know, that coaching staff can't even develop players. They drafted two tight ends a few years ago. Both are cut now. They're not even developing talent. They're getting good running backs, but now that Josh McDaniels is gone, he's in Vegas now as the head coach. He was the longtime OC over there, and he was really the main architect of that run game. We'll see what happens with Ramondre Stevenson. I don't think many good things are going to happen, especially with the offensive line looking worse. They got rid of their – well, not got rid of. He retired their long-time – Offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia, he's gone. He was a stalwart coach in the Bill in the Bill Belichick room, and was really a major reason why you just were never worried about Tom Brady back there. He had one year where he just it, it was a bad hit, you know, messed up his knee and all that stuff. But outside of that, Tom Brady was upright. 
because that they always had an above average offensive line. Well, and I think one other thing to note with older coaches and just coaches getting past their prime or past their time with that team, you take a hero for the area of New I don't even know what to call it, the area of New England because it's not a it's not a city it's not the city of New England but the New England area because it's like yeah. a number of those it's, states it's like Boston and like Massachusetts and all that but you take all of I'll, I'll give Rhode Island their due yeah you, you you take all of their fans though and you kind of turn them against the coach eventually because at, at a certain point you're like oh it's the quarterback or it's the defense or it's this and then eventually it comes down to okay maybe it's the coach maybe it's the GM and you take a hero and you just destroy it. Like it, it, it'd be like it'd be like if Sean McDermott was here for a while and then it started to get stale and you need to move on and we all started to dislike him. Like that would yeah. that would suck. And you and you kinda like the management group kinda has to take a look at this and say, Okay, he's past his prime. We gotta move on. He is the management group. That's fair though. That's You're the right. tough You're part. Right. And I so, think we are starting to see, you know, Patriots fans really start to look at Belichick. I mean, it didn't help either that Tom Brady's first year away from the Patriots wins another Super Bowl. That it's like, okay, how much of this actually was Belichick compared to Brady? How much was Brady due to the success? And for me, coaching only gets you so far. You need to have talented players. And I think the best coaches, the great coaches, a lot of them always are followed by like a Hall of Fame quarterback right behind them. That usually is what happens. It's not that I'm going to take anything away from Belichick. He's still the most accomplished coach of all time. You can likely make the argument that he's the GOAT. But ultimately, I do think the game has passed him by, and he's and he's always not been a very good drafter. It's always been a weak point in his, I guess, game as, as a coach GM. On the flip side, the team they're playing week one, the Dolphins, have done an amazing job this offseason of really just building a team that, look, Tua, if you're bad, we will know by week four. We will know very quickly they put Teddy Bridgewater behind him so that ultimately, even if he's, you know, Tua is bad or whatever happens, they're not going to tail off too bad. They'll still have a solid quarterback back there in Teddy you have, Bridgewater. You have a competent person yes. back there to throw the ball. Yep. It's not like, I, I don't even know who you could throw out there to say, like, if you had him as your backup, you're, you are got to have your starter because if you don't have your starter, you're screwed. Yeah, but, absolutely. But can he throw to Tyreek? Like, can he throw to yeah. Hill? Like, it, it's... They remind me of the early 2000s, late 90s Jets when they had to get Vinny Testaverde in there just to have a quarterback of a pretty darn good team. But that was it. Like Vinny Testaverde was just an average quarterback. He had moved around a ton. Like this is that's who he is now. Like that's and they had to get him because they just couldn't get a franchise quarterback. I think that's kind of where Miami's at now, where it's like, look, they'll be probably pretty good. They even may make the playoffs this year. I think they absolutely can with a ten and seven record. I think that's the thing, though. You have to win around ten games, right? But that's the other thing is, is I, I, I want, I almost wanted to, I almost want to say the NFC East and the AFC East are very comparable. In there's like, it's just like with the AFC East, there's the clear Bills, and yep. then who else? Mm-hmm. And that's the same with like we were talking with the NFC East. Who's going to emerge there? Yeah. And then who's going to be the weird. other team? It is weird. It is truly like a lesser version of the AFC East, the right. NFC East. Because you at least have that one clear-cut team. With yeah. the NFC East, you have no one. Like, you don't know where everything anything's going to go. Like, like, both of us like Philadelphia, but then Dallas is like a lesser version of the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah, they're, I think Dallas is a better version of the Dolphins. See, okay, yeah. So you have them a, be- a better I, version. I think, I think they're a little bit better because just because Dak is a better – I think Dak is a better fair. quarterback. Yeah, that's fair. No, I'll give and, you that and one. And mm-hmm. to be honest, if Zeke is on – He's, I think if Tony Pollard or Zeke is on, like right. just one of the if two either of them backs, is on, they're much better than the Dolphins. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I think I think the Dolphins do win this game. But I'm watching it as well just to see. Number one, 
just how truly fast Miami is. They added so much speed. Can Tua hit these guys? Can they score in bunches? Because that's the thing, too. I don't think Miami, or I don't think New England's defense is very good this year. I think losing J.C. Jackson really is going to hurt that secondary beyond measure because he was really the only truly elite player they had. I think that can do immeasurable damage to them. So if Miami is as fast as they are, they should put up 35 points. They should. Will they? I'm not sure. We're going to find out. Now, going to another game I'm excited about, I somewhat teased them back in uh, the 45-ish hour. Jaguars at Washington is a game I'm very, very fascinated in. It's going to be Doug Peterson versus Carson Wentz. I didn't even think of that point. I, I just thought of it right now. I was like, oh, Doug Peterson. I'm like, wait, no, that's Carson Wentz in Washington, not in Philly. Yeah. See, where I'm at with it is the reports coming out of Jacksonville is just how good Trevor Lawrence looks. He has looked better. He's looked more precise. Some of the throws he's making this preseason. There's not a lot you can take away from preseason, but look, ball placement is one of them. Ball placement doesn't change much. If you're better at it, you're better at it. You know, preseason doesn't change that. That's why I'm having to defend Arch Manning, you know, when everyone's like, he's overrated. I'm like, look at the ball placement. It's elite. He's a five-star prospect. Leave me alone. Texas is back. But when I look at Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville, number one last year, no one deserved that, the Urban Meyer treatment that was given there. And and every move he made, everyone was saying, well, this is a terrible decision. This is awful. What's happening here? Where did he end up? I don't. Urban Meyer? Yeah, is he he's back now in back on, Yeah, he's back on Fox Sports doing uh, game anal- uh, anal- uh, analysis. Oh, that's good. That I took th- me forever. I'm sorry I'm about glad that. he's not coaching, but like. I'm glad he's not <laughs> coaching. It's just that it was so bad, and Trevor Lawrence didn't deserve that. Guys like Marvin Jones didn't deserve it. James Robinson didn't deserve it. They're running back. He, I, I believe he's coming off an Achilles injury, so Travis Etienne might be getting a lot more touches in that Trav- offense. I, that's that's going to be, I he's, think, he's, the big part of this offense. And, think, and if Christian Kirk can play up to that contract. Oh, he certainly won't, but let's see how he good will he is. He will not, but... It, he, if he plays to half of that contract, yeah. it's a win. Then they're then they're fine because they ultimately got a receiver for potentially their first ever franchise quarterback. Because Mark uh, Mark Brunel just did not play long enough for me to count that. But well, Trevor Blake Lawrence, Bortles, I'll get out of here. I'll I'll take all the Blake Bortles slander anyone has. Like that man garbage timed his way to like a thirty five touchdown pass season. That is criminal. That Blake Bortles threw thirty five touchdown passes in a football season. That was not in college. It's disgusting. But Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne do offer a ton of like eye candy a little bit to the Jaguars this year. Well, and if they perform well, it's eye candy to free agents in the offseason. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you vastly improve and if – I mean, they're – I don't know if their division is weak per se, but they're in another like iffy division. Well, to be honest, if, if Trevor Lawrence hits, he's the best quarterback in that division for oh, the next yeah. 10 years. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, what I'm saying is, is if you have a winning record mm-hmm. and – Lawrence and Etienne look great. You can attract someone who can actually get paid, like what Kirch, Christian Kirk yeah. got paid, and get and ultimately another you, good you know, wide. You receiver. add in the fact that you're a Florida team, so look, taxes better. Right? There's no state tax there. Yeah. On, on, so yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's always been a thing. Football, basketball, baseball—that's it, it, always been an added bonus. But you have to be good to you know start luring these guys there. So that'll be huge. But you know, having Trevor Lawrence was always this piece that kind of made Jacksonville relevant to me. The other thing was always them playing in London. They were always that team that you were like, oh. Well, we have football at 9.30 this morning, but, oh, man, it's it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now you're like, oh, I get to watch Trevor Lawrence. How many Jaguars fans do you think there are in England? Like, See, I don't know, because whenever I watch that game, it's a ton of jerseys. Just, just NFL jerseys. jerseys. Yeah. I mean, it's 
it's got to be a good proportion of the country, though. But just but just because of the sheer number of times they played there. Oh, absolutely! Like it's just I, it's. I feel absurd. like there's like there's like some kids in England that are like the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're like the only team in the NFL. Like, well, I, no, but I'll give them this though. They're the only team that like I I truly am okay with playing in London because of Jaguars, Jaguars. Done. Oh yeah, that's their thing. Yeah, you're and right, I'm, and I'm good with it. Everything else, I'm like, eh, it doesn't feel right. That that hits. That's good. I like it. But so that's a game I'm looking forward to. Josh, do you have another game you're you're looking forward to to watch Week One? Well, it's not Sunday, but. Denver, Seattle, Russ's return. I. That's such a. That's I, gonna be so mean. I, I know, but I'm just so excited to see just the the fear in the eyes of the Seattle management group of just like, oh my god, we really like. Messed what up. if he goes out there and throws like six touchdown passes? Yeah, like guys. guys, we we really messed up. What did we do here? Like, and then and then you just have like DK like looking up at the box or something like, hey man. Can like I? actually, I do want to leave. I know I signed <laughs> that deal. I super misjudged how good we were. Geno Smith I, is going to be their starting quarterback. That's no. Oh. As a former Drew Lock truther, like I, Drew Lock was my guy. It's so embarrassing, so embarrassing to see how that quarterback competition ended up. I feel I feel bad for not only DK Metcalf but Rashad Penny. I mean, Rashad Penny oh, is going to yeah. just be the workhorse of that offense. Well, like, they got him, and then they uh, drafted oh the one running back out of Michigan State. I am blanking on his name. That they got in, I want to say the third or fourth round this year. Josh, I can see you're looking it up, so thank you. Um, but man, like Seattle, Seattle. In my bowl predictions, I did a few months ago before I transitioned over to the afternoon show and and sneaky Joe DiBiase over to the morning show. I said Seattle's going to finish with a one and fifteen record. I stand by that fact. You I gave them one win. I gave them one win. I think they're awful. I think that, and and here's the thing too. Like Chicago is also a bad team. But I think Justin Fields is talented enough to get them a few wins they shouldn't. And I and he showed out this preseason that I'm like, okay, he is talented. Kenneth Walker the third. I Kenneth remember Walker. that pick. Thank that, you. I he he could have like this is a good shot a good shot for like rookies to just kind of show who they are. Oh yeah. I mean they're not gonna like do that much, but it's no. like, hey, look, okay, we have like you have to take stock of like they, what you have and then Pete right, Carroll here's what we need. Pete Carroll and Snyder should have just sat in an offense going, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're just going to play rookies. We're going to give DK enough touches that he's not upset, and we're drafting C.J. Stroud first overall. And you, that is the plan, and, and we do not deviate from it. And that you make be the sure, only plan. And you make sure DK is also in that room to agree with that yeah, plan. To, yeah, and Because if he doesn't agree with that plan, oh. everything falls apart. I, I was convinced the night he signed his deal that I was like, I don't know if DK Metcalf holds out this whole season. Like It, like, it might be one of those where like he'll start playing for Seattle, Become the trade deadline. It could be something like Stephon Diggs. We're like, you kind of know he's out in the off season. Yep. Yeah. And, you're, and you now and that got to get something. Not. Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's just Seattle's in such an interesting position because like. Oh, finally they're here. Oh. Yeah. I Russell mean, it's Wilson been a while. Dragged a dead carcass through the NFC West for like five years. They would refuse to throw it for two and a half, three quarters. Then they'd be like, Hey, Russ, uh, we're down ten. You want to go throw it? And he would do it, and he'd get wins. Just a carcass of a franchise that Pete Carroll... Pete Carroll's a frustrating coach because he's a, he, he acts like a young guy. He, you know, he ran such fun teams at USC when he was the head coach there. And then when he got to Seattle, he's like, we're going to run the ball, we're going to run the ball, and we're going to play great defense. Shouldn't, and have, then ran, he got, shouldn't have ran it that one time, though. He, yeah, he should have, actually. I, I'll give him that. Like He should have run it that time. But then he gets Russell Wilson, a Hall of Fame talent at quarterback, and goes... I am going to limit you as much as I can, but I love you, but I'm going to limit you. 
it's I just it's gross incompetence how they've handled how they handled because it's over the Russell Wilson era in Seattle. They should have been making ridiculous because they also couldn't draft in the first round. They should have been making ridiculous trades to just get receivers, get offensive linemen. But then I, I sit here and I sit back and I go, well, they kind of did. They they traded everything for Jamal Adams and that's been a disaster. So I, I can't I can't totally you know preach them doing that because when they kind of did it, it's it has basically ruined their franchise. Is is this any different if Chris Carson doesn't have to retire? Like, is there a little bit more hope? I'm not saying that they're that much better, but I guess there's still like a little bit of hope where you're like, oh, I really like our running back room right, and stuff right. like because, that. Because, like, I mean, Rashad Penny, for what it's worth, isn't that bad of a running back. No. And if you have Chris Carson there as well, you at least have something to build off of. But with this, it's like just like DK it's, it's and Rashad just young Penny. guys. That's Tyler it. Lockett, who I, Tyler I, think, Lockett. Eh. Oh, I think they totally should have gotten rid of him in the offseason. Yeah. Not because he's bad. Just to allocate any picks. Right, because you could get a lot of picks for him, and you can use those picks to start your kickstart your rebuild. As a Bills fan, when Russell Wilson you know, officially was going to Denver, I was like, trade for either DK or Lockett, get another receiver. There were other teams out there. Kansas City, after getting rid of Tyreek Hill, you're, you're, you're thinking they're, they're not willing to give up at least a little bit to get Lockett? Because they don't have to pay I, him I was much. I was scared for Kansas City to just go all in and get DK. Yeah, that would have been that would have been wild nightmare. Yeah, nightmare that, fuel. I, yeah, that would have been very much nightmare fuel. Oh, that would have been ridiculous. All right, we'll hit one more game here before we take a break. The other game I'm looking forward to is Packers Vikings. The Packers mainly. What do you look like without Devontae Adams? Officially, not injured, not just you know out of the lineup. He is no longer on your roster. What do you look like? Rodgers has been kind of open that he wants more from the young receiving talent. I like their running back room. I think their defense is good. But what do I have in the Vikings? And the, or, and what do I have in the Packers? And then flip side of the Vikings, what do I have there with the new offensive-minded head coach in Kevin O'Connell? There's been stories coming out about how Mike Zimmer really ran a toxic environment those last few years. Kirk Cousins has always kind of shown he's like on the fringe to being a really good quarterback. He's just like that hype guy. Like he can just yeah. like he 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 might not be that good, but he just gets you going. He gets you going, but then you look up at the stat line like at a one o'clock game. I don't not prime time, but like a one o'clock game. He has like three hundred and fifty yards and three touchdowns. You're like, he did that? Oh my God. Yeah, but then he gets a primetime game like this and it's the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. But now that he has an offensive head coach and he's he's further in his career than he was in Washington, I'm I'm I want to see what the Vikings are because I think there's a real chance that they actually could beat the the Packers out for the NFC North. I think there's a real chance there. Right now for this game, NFL.com has the Packers winning a 53% chance to win. Mm. It's it's not like it's, Okay. It's it I think it's a lot closer than that. Yeah. Which I mean that's already really close. That's pretty close. But I think I just, I don't know. I just think that the Packers are just not what they used to be. Oh yeah, I, I'm with you 100 of that. I the loss of Devonte Adams. I it, it, simply put, he's the best receiver in football. To me, he is absolutely the, the the best receiver in football. You can't lose that, not really replace it, and sit there and lie to my face and go, "We're actually just as good as we were." You're not. You're not. But I I I like the Vikings. I there's something about them. I think maybe it's because they got a new head coach and there's always that little bit of excitement there that makes me excited for them. But I'm I'm into it. Josh, do you have another game you're looking forward to? Um, I mean, I'm just, I'm really excited just for all of them, to be honest with you. It's going to be one of those where I, I, I can I just hate, sit back and just like flip I, yeah. the channel and go to whatever one is I like hate good giving that point. answer, but like, it's, 
I, I guess I'm excited, a little excited for Pittsburgh C- Cincinnati just to see if Mitch Trubisky can keep going. And <laughs> how long is he going to hold on? If Mitch even starts Week One, right? It well, could be I mean, Pickett. You're right. You're right. But it'd be it'd be nice to see him see him start. Yeah, um, it'd be good. I'm excited to see how the Colts are with the new uh, the new just everyone. <laughs> Matt Ryan, I mean, Matt Ryan, fifth, and then, fifth straight year of a new quarterback starting yeah. Week One. See if Jonathan Taylor can keep going, please. I mean, I think he will be able to against the Texans. So I don't know if that's yeah. a very telltale sign of how his season will be, but. Uh, oh, get yeah. Davis Mills. I, I'll always watch Davis oh, Mills. Oh, man, yeah. Always watch Davis Mills. Is that a giraffe at quarterback? He has a freakishly long neck. But, see, I, I brought this up to my friends the other day. He's really not – out of his quarterback class, he's probably – like, we've talked – ta- I've had rants about you've this. You've beat the drum on this before. He is not that bad. No, he's like, not. Especially looking at the rest of his class. Like the national media is just cowards. They don't want. They don't want. They don't want to. Admit if he, he if he comes out, if he comes out and balls out this year, it's over. It's, it's over. over. I will be leading the charge. I'll, I won't get a Davis Mills jersey. I'm not going to lie. But get a jersey. How about that? A, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can get a jersey. I can do that. I'll do it. I won't pay for it. Someone else has to. But I'll do it. I'll pay for it. We'll uh, see, it. here we go. Done. I'll get it. All right, we're going to take a quick time out and we come back. College football had some breaking news last night. I gave my opinion a little bit last night in the nightcap. We have some college football games going on. I want to get Josh's opinion on it. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. He's a talented player. Show me a talented player that I'm not checking into. I'm always going to do that, whether that's trade for someone, let a guy get healthy. This cap factors into it, too. That was Bills general manager Brandon Bean on the current you know, speculation that the Bills could be in on Odo Beckham Jr. New linebacker uh, Von Miller has been heavily recruiting for the Bills to sign Odo Beckham Jr. Brandon Bean just reiterated that, you know, show him a talented player. He's probably thinking about it. But also, there is this sort of thing that the Bills are going to have to wait, and NFL teams as a whole are going to have to wait. He has to be healthy. you got to see how he's going to be, especially after a back-to-back ACL tear you got to know if he's healthy before you really dive into that. Even me, as somebody that wants to sign Odell Beckham Jr., fully understands that, look, he's got to be healthy, passing a physical, the whole thing. I love that mentality from Brandon Bean, though. Even as good as this team is, he's still out there trying to get the top talent available. Oh, you got to. Like, like, it is such a good mentality. Especially, and, 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 and you're right, because there's a lot of teams out there that just seem like, no, nah, we're not really going to attack free agency. We're not really going to attack trades. We're going to draft our guys and build them up. Where the Bills are like, we'll do that that last part. And we're also going to look at you know who's 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 a surprise guy in free agency that we can go get that that is really going to change this team. What's a trade that we can make that's going to change this team? Even free agency, you know, I the Bills never seemed like a team that was going to definitely go after Von Miller. That's why I mean you probably remember too. I was banging the drum to trade for Daniel Hunter, the defensive yeah, end out of that. Minnesota. Yep. I mean it it, it kind of like just to kind of relate it to another Buffalo sports team. It reminds me of when the Sabres signed Taylor Hall. Or oh, it just yeah. came out of nowhere, and everyone was just like, "Where is this coming from?" I had so That's, much excitement for that. That yeah, we all did. <laughs> That's <laughs> how I did. felt with the Von Miller signing, though, because it's like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah, like it did. we we were all sitting here, and then all of a sudden, in five minutes, it was the Bills have signed Von Miller, and the station was just all over the place. It was awesome. Like, we I was I was we were all I was just leaving too, and like I yep. When I I ran over to where you were, and I'm like, dude, yeah, we got yeah. Von. That was insane. <laughs> I mean, because again, I'd, I'd been beating the drum that entire day. I'm like, we're going to trade for Daniel Hunter. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And we got Von Miller instead. I'm like, oh, this is even better. So it, that was it was an awesome day. But transitioning over to the other side of football, college 
We got UB going on right now. They're losing seven to nothing to Maryland late in the late in the first quarter. Not a terrible score, especially you know again Maryland being a Big Ten team, not one of the premier. It's not Ohio State. It's not Michigan. It's not Michigan State. Not Penn State. But you know if they're up there. I'd, I'd probably say they're probably the fifth, sixth best team in the Big Ten. UB being a MAC team, it's, it, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a close game, or you're, you're hoping to keep it a close game there. We also have some other games kicking off as well. Michigan taking on Colorado State. Michigan's up right now, ten to nothing. But the big news coming out of college football is the announcement from last night that at least in 2026, if not sooner in 2024, the college football playoff will be moving from four teams to 12 teams. Josh, I gave a ton of my opinions last night on it. I am kind of of the opinion that it won't change much. I think even though you'll get some other teams in there, a Utah, a Texas A&M, that ultimately college football has always been dominated in every generation that it's been in, two to three great teams every year. See, my thing is, I, I actually think it's going to change a lot. I think it's going to give those, le- not lesser known teams, but the teams that you don't necessarily consider for playoffs, it's going to give them a much bigger stage. It's going to give them a much bigger chance to perform upsets or just showcase their abilities. And along with that, it's just going to make more games, which is more fun for fans. It's more fun for players. It's it's just a great experience overall. I, I think it's a fantastic idea. I mean, aside from the games themselves, you have sponsorship deals, you have all the money and revenue that can be created from it. Mm-hmm. But like I said before, I really think that this could be good for some of those smaller teams or lesser known teams to come in and upset the Alabamas, the Georgias. I mean, and that, that is definitely the hope because what is made... I think that's the plan. I yeah. think that's probably why they did it. But I personally think that's going to happen the first year they do it. I think there's going to be a couple so. upsets. Because, I mean, look at... look at Prime example, March Madness. There's yes. always an upset every single year of, like, a 16 seed and a 1 seed. Or, I think that's, or even, like... That's the key, is you're hoping that, look, likely your 1 seeds, or 1, 2, and 3, probably, right. are going are gonna to move right along. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, but they're going to just keep those you know, teams, moving on. Those teams... They've all been upset in the regular season before. At some point, yeah. Because it, it, so that's like no team is perfect. So it, it it just I think it's going to make a lot make everything more competitive, which I think is so. fantastic. I love the that's why I love college football because this just seems to be a much higher level level of competitiveness because all these is competitiveness a word? Oh wow! Okay. Anyway, but all of these guys are trying to get to the next stage. They are playing their hardest. They're playing their hearts out. Not just to win for their team, but to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. That's why college football is so much more intriguing to me. I love the NFL, don't get me wrong, but these guys are playing for free. They're trying to get to the next level, and I think that this is just going to add another level to how intense all these games are. Well, thankfully, they're not totally playing for free anymore. Thanks, well, you're thanks right. Thanks to the you're NILs. Right. Yep. Yeah, you're but right. a lot of these guys don't actually have NILs anyways. They'll get them once they've like, made it kind of right. and, and, I mean, Or if they're a stud out of high school and right. you know, going to the biggest schools. Did you see... Did you see um, Oh, that one player who has the AC heating and cooling ad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's DeColdis Jackson is yep. his name. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I love it. That, that was like a match made in heaven for that sponsorship. I was perfect. I was perfect. Um, I will say, though, the other thing I do like about this is it's going to get rid of kind of the garbage bowls. Yeah, yeah, where it's just kind of like, oh, this is another game where yeah, here, here's, it doesn't really here, mean here's much. Here's two 10-win but... teams that are furious at themselves, so they're yep. not really going to try. It's going to be a few guys sitting out. Like, it and I'm fine with guys sitting out again because, like you just mentioned, Josh. I mean, these guys are trying to get to the NFL, right? But at so the if same it's a time, meaningless bowl game, they're not going to play. But if it's a playoff game, you'll get a lot more NFL right. draft prospects that want to play. I just, again, hoping that there's no serious injuries. Jamison Williams tearing his ACL 
in the playoff just sucked, especially because he was he was the best receiver in college football last year. I wanted to see him go and like you know be on the field week one. I love Williams. I think he's going to help Detroit immensely, but he's got to get on the field first. Yeah, I mean, I think, like I've been saying, this is just going to add another level of compete, and it's going to add more time for these prospects to really build up their draft stock. I mean, think about that. There's, I mean, if there's 12, if you're adding 12 teams, I'm sure there's going to be a couple, probably just maybe one and two get a buy. I don't know how they're going to figure that out. but I'm I think sure it's going to be one and two, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to have, I don't know, I can't math very well, but you're going to have a lot more games for these guys to get their names out there. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, and you'll have... If if someone does get injured right before playoffs, you might have a younger player step up and elevate like Tua, that team. Ultimately, right? Yeah, exactly. he takes over for Jalen Hurts not because of an injury, but because ultimately Hurts not playing well. And they right. just, they're going to go with Tua, and I mean, Tua rode that all the way to being the fifth overall pick in the draft. I mean, he mm-hmm. had great college stats. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. it all started with that game against Georgia. We are going to go to the phones though, as we got Mark from Tonawanda. Mark, what do you got for us, man? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, I don't personally want to see the college football playoffs expanded because I'm tired of seeing Alabama or Georgia curve stop Notre Dame every year because Notre, Notre Dame plays no one. I'm tired of seeing guys like teams like Cincinnati get in and getting curve stomped by Alabama. College football is recruiting, right? It's, it's recruiting, it's recruiting, and it's recruiting. And the best kids in the nation, they usually go to – probably four schools in the country, Alabama, uh, Georgia, Ohio State, uh, and I guess now Texas A&M. I mean, it's, it's just usually how it is. And, and, and also I think we, we need to take in consideration, does the regular season in college football mean anything anymore? Or is it just, hey, you know, you can be, you know, you can be the best in the ACC where you play clowns all day like Clemson and, uh, you know, you don't play really good competition. Uh, because that's what it's kind of turning into. It's like, okay, if you beat all these joke shows all year, when Alabama's having to play Georgia, they're having to play Texas A&M, they're having to play Old Miss with Lane Kiffin, who's a great play caller, uh, Mississippi State. I, I, I just think the regular season should mean something in today's day and age. And I also think, like I said, recruiting matters so much in college football. The best of the best goes to the Blue Bloods. And I don't want to see Cincinnati, and I don't want to see Notre Dame. I'm tired. Every year they get blown out by these SEC schools. It's just facts. You can look it up since the college football playoffs has started. Even you can go back to Matt Titeo's days. I just watched that documentary on Netflix, by the way. I mean, it, it, I'm just so tired of it. I, I, I want to see the best play the the best, and that's all. Mark, thank you for the call. And and Mark had, does have a great point. Number one, it is recruiting is the key here. It always has been in college sports. And he's also right in the sense that um, usually the first round is a, a lot of blowouts. I, I put it out yesterday that I just, I, I'm very worried that we're really just going to get a lot of more blowouts because one's going to play 12, or, or I guess now it'll be two against 12 because I think one has the buy or something like that. Yeah, I, I, it, they got to have at least one team. Yeah, I, I think I think the one and two seem actually the buy. So it'll be like three versus 12, whatever it is. And you'll have more blowouts. And, and I had someone tweet at me who I went to high school with Basically, say that you know the semifinal games, the average score is by twenty one points. I mean, it's it's tough, but but you also think about it. You're not going to always have the powerhouse playing the little guy. You're going to have like yeah. that the middle where, where well, they meet in the see, middle, that's, and that's the key for me is the middle part. Mm-hmm. The middle part will offer the best games by far. 
Yeah, right. That's, it'll be, that's it'll be, the key. It'll be 3-12, and 4-11, and 11, mm-hmm. 5 10 Let's see if I can keep doing this. 6 and 9, and then 7 and 8. 7 and 8 and 6 and 9. I would even start your, at 5 and 10. Yeah, that could, yeah. So, and, and to, to Mark's point of, you know, the Blue Buds get the best players, mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to really keep beating this drum and it's going to blow up in my face, but if these teams can perform upsets, that five-star recruit out of high school might say, hey, I want to go try out for Notre Dame, well, or I want to go too, out and try out for... Along with that, and I've brought this point up, you know, not only that, but now college football is allowing cheating openly with the NILs, where before it was always kind of like this unspoken rule of, like, you pay to win. Like, that's your, right, your boosters right. pay to win. Right. I'm a Texas fan. If you go on for 30 for 30, watch the Pony Express about the SMU days in the 80s, mm-hmm. it's, everybody cheated. Like, you, you paid <laughs> for players. Like, that's just what it was. If you didn't cheat, you weren't a team. Yeah, exactly. You didn't try. You didn't care enough. Yeah. It was the whole point of it, kind of going back to the Miami Dolphins recently, too, is just don't do it so brazenly. Kind of do it under, under the table, right? Like, don't actually like outright hand them, you know, fifteen hundred dollars in dollar bills over the table. Do it under the table, you know. Don't be so brazen. But maybe the NIL will change it a bit to where guys are just like going to stay home because, well, I'm getting paid to. Be, let's say Cincinnati's a perfect example. Let's say there's a guy from Ohio, five star linebacker. Let's you know because we use Manti Teo as an example, and the University of Cincinnati's hometown team offers him fifty thousand dollars a year in an NIL. Well, now he's like, well, now I don't have to go to that big school away from home. I can just stay here. My family's here. They can see all my games, and I'm being paid. And and you most likely grew up rooting for that team. Yeah, so now all of a sudden it can kind of help you a little bit. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. And, and and it may blow back in our face, and all of a sudden the Blue Bloods just continue to roll right. with the NILs. I mean, A&M has always been one of those teams, and they are, they're, they're, they're dishing out the checkbook. I get it. You know, it's Texas. Everything's bigger there. I get it. You know, I'm a Texas fan. I'm kind of hoping they do the same thing. They probably did with Arch Manning. I'm happy they did. Probably won't be good. Don't say that. Just I, I got I got I got to bring you back down a it's, little. It's bit. the Quinn Ewers debut today. All right, they kick off at 8 p.m. against uh, Louisiana Monroe, and I just I can't wait to look at my phone and see like 56 to seven Texas wins. Like I cannot wait. What are you going to do if they lose? Oh, uh, no, I'm not going to talk to anybody. <laughs> I mean, I, it won't happen. But Well, it's not even that. Like, a lot of my friends who have known me for years will kind of trash me on Twitter just because, like, I, every year I'll have, like, a moment where I'm like, Texas is back, guys. Like, do you see that offensive flow they had in week one? And then, like, they're playing Alabama week two. Like, I know where this story ends. It's them being blown out by Alabama. But I'm willing to have a little bit of fun this week. And then maybe the week after. We'll see. Because Oklahoma lost Lincoln Riley as head coach. Caleb Williams at quarterback. So... Just saying, the Big 12 might be open. I'm just saying. We are going to take a quick time out, though. When we come back, we'll wrap up the hour. And coming up at 1, Expected Buffalo's Chad Dinaminesis will join the show as we transition for a little bit over to the Sabres. They had a major week. We'll talk to Chad about what's going on in Sabres land, bringing back the Red and Blacks, Tage Thompson's big deal, and Ukapeka Lukanen signing a two-year deal. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Welcome back, Sports Talk Saturday. Zach Jones here, hanging out. Josh Schmidt behind the board. My voice might have got a little different here. How you doing, Derek? <laughs> how you been, bud? <laughs> the ambush just so, decides so to new, happen. New Zach Jones, how are you feeling about Texas? Um, Texas is elite. Leave me alone. Tweet me at Zachary Jones 198. He's, I mean, he's right. <laughs> I didn't even have to say it. They're back. BJ Robinson's going to win the Heisman. All right. Derek Kramer, how you doing, big man? Oh, you know, I was bored, decided to pop over, and next thing you know, I've got two guys saying, yeah, I've got Mike Five on the board. Yeah, you want to jump on? 
Well, I mean, I, you're also a hockey guy, too. We got Chandy DeMinis coming up next. The Sabres themselves had um, a weirdly large week like, I with football love coming up. Everything that they did this week. I was, I, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, we got you know a few minutes here before we take we a do? quick break again. Um, you know, a few. Red a and black few. jerseys, how do you feel? For it. For it? Love now, it. the thing that I know that's not going to happen, that should have happened, with 12 games, you had an opportunity to split it, like have the white, the black, like the white primaries, oh, yep. the black, and the red. You could have split them into like four that game sets. Nuts. That would have been nuts. Or you could have done half and half. Like it could have been like... Even cooler. I'm just intrigued. Which jersey is it? I, I was telling that's Josh. the part that we don't really. Well, well, they're kind of updating it. But I'm saying like, yeah. Which color? Is it the oh, whites? Yeah. Is it the black? Better be the blacks. I don't know. Oh. Well, from from some rumors that have been coming out, the reverse retro will be a blue and yellow goat head. But it wouldn't mm. be this. But but it would be it, it would be. I'm assuming that one would be white. That's that would be okay. my guess. I would, I, it makes sense. It would I'd make sense. I'd like to sense. see him mess around with blue. I would maybe. Too. Yeah, I would. Too. That would that would work. But I because they already did a reverse retro of that era with white. That's true. With the crossing swords, mm-hmm. and then they had the the goat head on the shoulder. Yes, and so we already know what the goat head kind of looks like. In a blue little and preamble, yeah, yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if because if the reverse retro is white, then the the other one's going to be black. There's no doubt about it. But yeah. if it's the other way around, I like that even more the white goat heads i think are better than the black goat heads but that's they both look, they, they look good though i love both of those children equally yeah yeah the where, red where, alternates where, still my favorite of the babies but i was gonna say where's the that red, one the red <laughs> alternates are up there the red alternates are still the golden child of the three but i love the other two equally i was telling josh though i think i'm, I'm gonna have to go to 90s night I'm, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to go there against the st louis blues late november i want to say here's what Just, you do zach you take money and you I know. give it to people and you get a ticket. That is how going to a hockey game works. I know, but like a part of me is like, do I want to go earlier in the season because it may be disaster? And I'm like, nope, the vibes for the Sabres are good. We're going. We're going. It's going to Especially in November. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, what you have to There's do is... There's still hope in November. Yeah, yeah, the, vi- you, the vibes, I think, will yeah, still this be thing, good. It, so it, this economy, it requires you to take money... And spend it so that you can do a thing. Money. What is that? Come on. That's a good point. Come on. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, Expected Buffalo's Chandy Diminisus will join the show as we break down all the other news from the Sabres, including, of course, the red and black uniforms. Coming back as this team's third alternate this year, Tage Thompson signing a major deal, and UPL signs his own two-year deal with the team, and what all that means for the Sabres going forward. We'll do that when we come back here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR.